You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 9th, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OND. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we might have a coach. The Orlando Magic appear to be closing in on a new head coach. We are expecting the official announcement here in the coming days, but it feels like it is pretty much done. We'll meet Jamal Mosley. Talk a little bit more about what he brings to the table as the next, as the apparent next coach of the Orlando Magic. We'll also talk a little bit about Game 2 of the NBA Finals and do a draft preview of Alpern Sengun. I'll, I'll explain why he is not a someone that you should skip in this draft process. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Phoenix Suns after their Game 2 victory? Check out Locked On Suns. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Today's podcast also brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So enjoy a Michelob Ultra today. After three weeks verging on four, the Orlando Magic appear to finally have a new head coach. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and later confirmed by Josh Robbins of The Athletic, report that the Orlando Magic appear to have made their choice and are closing in on hiring Dallas Mavericks assistant coach Jamal Mosley as their next head coach. Um, it is not official yet. Um, they're, they're, it appears that they're still doing contract negotiations, but the fact that it is leaking, because the Magic do not leak anything, the fact that it is leaking is probably a sure sign that it is happening. So yes, get the, the, the office GIFs ready. It's happening, folks. The Orlando Magic probably have a new head coach. Um, we've talked about Jamal Mosley here a little bit as we've recapped where the coaching search stood uh, throughout the course of the week, uh, throughout the course of this last month. Um, and Mosley's name first came up, uh, I believe it was two weeks ago. Uh, to, um, Mark Stein of the New York Times, who's very included with what's going on in Dallas, um, reported that the Magic had requested an interview with Jamal Mosley. And the initial reaction was, okay, who is this guy? Um, you know, he's... He's, he's a relatively young coach, but he's had a lot of years in the NBA already. The first thing that we noted was that he is the Dallas Mavericks defensive coordinator. Um, he was uh, promoted to defensive coordinator in 2018 and essentially served as, uh, you know, uh, you know the way Rick Carlisle has always structured his uh, coaching staffs is he has an offensive coordinator and a defensive coordinator. Um, in the years that the, uh, that the Mavericks won, the cha- in the year that the Mavericks won the championship, Terry Stotts was the offensive coordinator. Dwayne Casey was the defensive coordinator. So again, you can see there's some pretty good stock coming from Rick Carlisle's coaching tree. We noted, though, however, that Mosley's deep run as defensive coordinator wasn't exactly that great. The Mavericks ranked 18th, 18th, and 21st in his three years as defensive coordinator, suggesting that while he might be coached with a defensive bend, 
the uh, bent the uh, the Dallas Mavericks were not exactly a a, rep, a great defensive team. Now Rick Carlisle is a fantastic defensive coach. There is every reason to believe that they milked everything they could defensively out of a team that did not have a lot of great defenders. And the way this Magic team is certainly built, they have better defenders. They have some plus defenders on the team, from Jonathan Isaac to Wendell Carter to Chumo Kiki, all project to be very strong defenders as young players on the roster. So it stands the reason that the Magic were focusing on defense. And that's that's kind of what we we noted, that, that it seemed like every coach the Magic were going after was a defensive coach. And there was some pushback against this as the Magic certainly need some offense to back up that defense. They just came from a defensive coach in Steve Clifford. They've always tried to make defense their backbone, as it's, uh, even before, you know when Dwight Howard was here, obviously with Samian Gundy. But defense increasingly isn't what's winning games. Now, Grant, I, I, would, I would argue against that, but I, I also agree completely that the Magic need some offense to get themselves going as well. But that's not what Jamal Mosley's really about. Um, the reason why Jamal Mosley's name came up and the reason why Jamal Mosley is set to become the next coach of the Orlando Magic is because he is a player development coach, pure and simple. He cut his teeth uh, starting off his career in 2007 as a coach um, with the Denver Nuggets under George Carl as a player development coach. He was uh, promoted to the bench a few years later, spent the, spent some time with George Carl, bounced back down to Cleveland to, to coach under Byron Scott before landing in Dallas with the Dallas Mavericks where he spent, I think, the better part of six or seven seasons with the Dallas Mavericks. This is a guy that's been around a little bit. Um, I saw some Magic fans trying to say this is Jacques Vaughn 2.0, and that is 100% not the case. I'm not saying that it will be any more successful than Jacques Vaughn. I I, I do think it will, but um, when the Magic hired Jacques Vaughn, they hired him off the San Antonio Spurs coaching tree with just two years of assistant coaching experience under his belt. Not not to mention just one year with Greg Pop, or just one coach that he'd been with, which was Greg Popovich. Jamal Mosley has been around some great coaches. George Carl is a great coach, a Hall of Fame coach. And George Carl had some really nice things to say when he was asked about Jamal Mosley on Twitter after the news broke. And he said, Jamal Mosley is a great communicator, a great player development coach, comparing him to Monty Williams. Monty Williams is two wins away now from winning an NBA championship. If that's the kind of coach the Magic are getting, that's the exact coach that they need to get through this early stage of the rebuild. This will be a low-pressure job, and everyone knows it. Wins are not going to be the measure of success, at least early on. Now, obviously, the Magic want to win. They want a coach that wants to win. They want a coach that will hold players accountable. But everyone understands that this is a rebuild, that this is going to take some time to amass the pieces to, to put together a competitive roster. What matters is the same things that really mattered under Steve Clifford in some ways. Players get better. They improve their skill. They look a lot better than they did at the beginning of the season. They play hard. They are trying to win, even if maybe they they ultimately fall short, um, and that they are growing in the right way. Mosley is most known in Dallas for being Luka Doncic's guy. Um, Luka Doncic was going to be a great player no matter what. But a lot of people credit Jamal Mosley and the relationship that Mosley had with Doncic and the development that Mosley helped Doncic with for getting him to be the superstar that he is almost immediately. Um, again, Doncic was going to get somewhere very good with no matter what. He is that good of a player. But Mosley certainly had a close relationship with Doncic, um, and that made his transition to the NBA a whole lot easier. In fact, it was something of some tension with the franchise with how close 
Jamal Mosley eventually was to Luka Doncic. And, and it was surprising to a lot of people that Mosley was not someone can even considered for the Mavericks job when it came open when Carlisle stepped down. This is a guy that's been knocking on the door to be a head coach for a while, and while he hasn't been on the front of everyone's minds, this is a job that seems to fit his skill set as a player development, as a personal relationship coach. Why were the Magic chasing Penny Hardaway? It wasn't just nostalgia. It's because Penny is fantastic with his players. His players love him and play hard for him. He's able to talk to and reach those players and get a lot out of them. Um, again, Penny Hardaway is a defensive coach. I know everyone fell in love with his offense as a player, but as a coach, those Memphis teams are very good defensively. But again, the defense-offensive thing isn't what's important in, in this coaching decision and in this coaching hire. What is important is the relationship and the ability to talk to and get the most out of players. Ultimately, this is how we're going to judge Jamal Mosley. Ultimately, this is his measure of success. We won't know how many wins or losses this team's going to have, but we want to see Jonathan Isaac look healthy. We want to see Cole Anthony take another step in his career. We want to see whoever the Magic draft at five, whoever the Magic draft at eight, get progressively better as the season goes on. If that happens, Jamal Mosley will be doing his job and doing it effectively. That's at least going to be the standard that we're going to have to have for this first year. That's what the Magic are hiring to do. That's why the Magic are bringing him in to be this guy that makes people better. And of course, we'll see if he is able to pull that off because it is easy to say it on the outside. It is easy to do it as an assistant. But being a head coach is a completely different animal. We'll talk about the NBA Finals Game 2 coming up here in just a moment. But first... A quick word from our pals at betonline.ag. The the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We got the NBA Finals going on and so much more throughout the sports world, even in the summer. And you can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for our sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. NFL will be starting up pretty soon here at the end of the month, too. Never too early to start thinking about the NFL. For the next pitch, tip-off, whatever. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Today on the Road to the Finals, our NBA Finals coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Game 2 of the NBA Finals in the books. The Phoenix Suns halfway to an NBA championship with a 118-108 win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, First off, let's just get this out of the way. Giannis Antetokounmpo, what he is doing in this postseason is still just so incredible and amazing in my opinion. Um... 42 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists, 15 for 22 shooting, 11 for 18 from the foul line in this game. Um, he is uh, doing I mean, doing this all on that knee that that is very clearly not 100%. And you hold your breath every time he goes to the gra- goes to ground or every time that he's bumped or hit. Um, it, he, this is just 
a really gutsy and incredible performance from Giannis. And, and he's doing everything he can. He scored 20 points in the third quarter, and Milwaukee just still could not make up any ground. Um, it really feels like Milwaukee just doesn't have Phoenix figured out defensively yet. Um, it doesn't feel like they have really a sense of of how to stop them and how to 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 defend how to, to defend them and and how to kind of keep them at bay. And and it's just been really it's been really really uh, straight. You know, it, it's just kind of who Milwaukee is. You know, I kind of had this thought that. You know, I, I know I've talked about this before. You know, when you're in the NBA playoffs, it's about setting the terms of engagement. And and, Fina, and Milwaukee, you know, I, I, I was having this thought that Milwaukee, they have this specific style that they play, but they they tinker with it so much it feels like, um, where they're not the ones telling teams how they're going to play them. They adjust to other teams first, and, and they're so talented that they can get away with it. But when you get deeper into the playoffs, you just cannot do that. Um, they don't, they don't dictate to other teams how they're going to be played or how they're going to play. They allow the other teams to dictate it to them. And again, they're so talented, they've been able to get away with it. But, you know, you look at how the Miami Heat beat them last year. Miami Heat took it to them. Um, and, and Milwaukee swept them this year because they were determined to just beat them. And, and, and they had the great, the perfect strategy to get to, to beat them. The Atlanta series, the Brooklyn series... They kind of let those teams dictate to them how they were going to be played, um, and, and I just I get the feeling that Milwaukee's doing that right now, where they just they don't have their defensive strategy down. They don't have the way they want to play. They're not playing as themselves. Now, sure, Milwaukee is missing a ton of shots, just nine for thirty-one from beyond the arc. That needs to change. Drew Holiday with seventeen points on seven for twenty-one shooting. Chris Middleton with eleven points on five for sixteen shooting. That's not going to get the job done. The Bucs need to be a lot better. They need a lot more help for Giannis because Giannis is doing his job. Phoenix is just such a juggernaut at this point. Devin Booker with 31 points on 12 for 25 shooting. Seven three-pointers. Mikal Bridges, 27 points. Eight for 15 shooting. Three three-pointers. Jay Crowder with three three-pointers. Um, Chris Paul with 23 points. 10 for 20 shooting. Three for five from beyond the arc. Eight assists. Phoenix is doing whatever it wants. Phoenix is in control of the game. And you know, Milwaukee, Phoenix never like put Milwaukee completely away, but it never felt like Milwaukee was going to threaten them. It never felt like Milwaukee was really in this game either. The Bucks, obviously, I think the Bucks will have a game where Middleton is going and 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 Holiday gets going, and that's going to give them a chance to win. But guess what? You know, we talked about this a lot with the Magic, where five or six things have to go right for them to win, and they need four or five of them to win. Milwaukee's the same way. There are like five or six things they need to do to win, and they need to do four or five of them to win games, to, to win in this series. Phoenix, they don't have as many things they have to do. You know, maybe there's six or seven things, and if they do three of them, they're going to have their shot to win. That tells you that Phoenix is the favorite, that Phoenix is dictating the terms of this of the series and of this, these games, and that tells you that Phoenix is probably going to win the championship uh, at this point. Um, Phoenix has played masterfully. I don't want to take anything away from Phoenix. They've put Milwaukee in this tricky situation. They're a difficult team to play. Orlando did beat them, um, but but uh, but Phoenix has has really played exceptionally well, um, and they've earned this this position. They can't get they can't get fat and happy, as Devin Booker said after the after the game. We're treating every game like it's zero zero, like it's a game seven. That's the right approach to have at this point, and, and that's going to put Phoenix in a good spot to win the championship. We'll talk a little bit about uh, a draft prospect that I think you you should keep an eye on in Alperen Sengun, 
coming up here in just a moment. But first, the limited time flavor built grasshopper, grasshopper cookie is available now. In fact, today is the last day to get it at BuiltBar.com. What does it taste like? Well, this is Built Bar's version of the classic Thin Mint cookie. All the flavor without all that sugar. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and 5 grams of sugar. Did you know Built Bar comes in so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. If Grasshopper Cookie's not for you, they've got mint brownie, another mint flavor. There's other flavors like strawberry, salted caramel, cookies and cream, German chocolate. If you can't pick which flavor you want, you can get a mixed box where you can get two of each of the nine currently available flavors. Not only are Built Bars the best tasting, they're healthy too. Check out these numbers, 17 to 18 grams of protein per bar, calories ranging from 130 to 108 calories, only four to five grams of sugar. Yes, you're still getting the chocolate, but you're also getting all the protein too. It's great. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That's pretty neat. Make you run faster. Maybe not. I don't know. But you, there's only one, only one way to find out. Use promo code BUILT15 to get 15% off your order at BUILT.com. We're going to get you ready for the NBA draft with a, a draft profile of, of a player that I think is really interesting, and, and it's going to be really interesting to watch how he develops and how he comes in the NBA. I'm not sure that he's the right pick for the Magic at, at number 8, especially, um, but, uh, you know, I've kind of made it known. I- I'm not completely sold on Wendell Carter. Uh, I'm certainly not sold on Mo Bamba, despite liking them both. I do think that both deserve a shot this year with a new coach and with a, a kind of new voice. Uh, and so I don't think center is a place the Magic should go, but I'm also a big proponent of take the best player available. Uh, and I don't think we can ignore anyone on the board. The Magic need everything at this point. Uh, and that's why Alpern Sangoon, I think, is is a really interesting prospect. Look, the center position has changed dramatically over the last t- 10 years, at least. Over the last five years, it's changed dramatically. While Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid were the first uh, were the first two spots in the MVP voting, they're outliers. Um, those are players who dictate the, the tempo of the game because they are able to defend multiple positions um, or they just have a skill base that is so unique and so different than anything else we're seeing in the league. Yes, part of the problem is, or part of the problem with centers in the league is the direction the league, the direction basketball has gone at the grassroots level. The NBA is merely, a, uh, NBA both sets what players become at the lower levels, but it's also a reflection of what's coming into the league um, and what ultimately works in the league. Centers today are trying to be more skill-based, uh, and, and, and that's the direction this, the league is going. There is still a place for low-post centers. Clearly, Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic are proving that. There's still a place for them, but you still got to be able to do a whole lot more. And that's where Alpern Sangun, I think, fits in, or where his fit becomes extremely interesting. Sangun is a six foot nine center from Turkey. He was named the MVP of Turkey Super League with Besiktas uh, last year at 18 years, at 19 years old. Excuse me. Averaging 19.2 points per game and 9.4 rebounds per game. And Turkey's failed bid to reach the Olympics at the Olympic qualifying tournaments last week. He averaged 11.3 points per game and 6 rebounds per game. Remember, this is a 19-year-old. So while he is not certainly the Luka Doncic level of European prospects where winning his league's MVP, 
The Turkish League is a good league, but it is not the best league available out there. Sengun has clearly has shown some ability. And at the very least, he looks like he could be but similar to his countryman and his canter, you know, where he's just a really gifted offensive player. And if you watch Sengun's tape, and, and, and you can find it, of course, wherever you, wherever you want, but but uh, I have it posted as well at um, at uh, at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, um, Sangoon is a really impressive offensive player. He's got good footwork in the post and he's a great low post threat. But where he's really dangerous and what really has NBA scouts excited is he's really dangerous at pick and rolls. Not just to pick and rolls, he's really good at manipulating and using space. You know, we talk about space a lot um, and creating space in the terms of jump shooting. Um, I talk about space a lot with Markel Fultz, um, and this is really what I'm getting at. Markel Fultz knows that everyone is going under him, and he did. A, he's probably watched a lot of Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo is ex- has uh, certainly at, at his peak is exceptional at using the space that was given to him to create advantages. Even though teams were playing him not to take the jumper, he was able to still attack the paint and cause the defense to collapse. That's the kind of thing Sangun does really well. He understands where to go and what the defense is giving him, and he is a good enough jump shooter, at least from the mid-range, to hit from the outside. He's good enough to receive the ball, put it on the floor a few times, and get to his shot, um, especially if it, if it means posting up. He's really good at attacking the basket and finishing with athleticism. Sangun has all the skills offensively that you would want from a center minus the three-point shooting, which is still a work in progress for the young player. Whether Sangun is successful or not is going to depend both on his development as a shooter, but also at, at where he's at defensively. If he can be an engaged defender, he can be really, really good because that's the one thing Ennis Cantor has kind of struggled with throughout his career. Sangun is a shot blocker. He can, he can get up and get, and get shots. He is a solid rebounder, especially on the offensive glass. The question will be whether he can handle the NBA physicality and the NBA speed. That will be the big question because the Turkish Super League probably doesn't have the same speed and athleticism that the NBA will offer. Sengun, though, is someone that you have to have on your radar. Um, we've been talking about a lot of these prospects, and, 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 and again, especially at the top when we talk about the best prospects, We've been asking, is this guy better than what the Magic have already? How does he fit into what the the Magic have already? Because the Magic really don't have a guy to center their team around. They have to ask all these questions simultaneously. And so one of the questions that has to be asked is, A, can you play Sangoon alongside Wendell Carter? Or B, is Sangoon better than Wendell Carter? And I think that is a question that the jury is certainly still out on. Now, if I were the Magic, I, I would keep Sangoon on my board. I would consider him. I would do my research on him, but I don't think I would ultimately pick him. And it's not because he's not a fine player. It's not because he's a good player. It's because I do think Wendell Carter is a player worth giving space to and, and investing in. The Magic already have a, have a young, young center in Mo Bamba. Adding a third young center I don't think would help anyone. Drafting Sangoon would send a clear signal to both Bamba and to Carter that neither of them are probably going to be re-signed this offseason, um, knowing Carter and some of the struggles that he's had uh, in his career with kind of players kind of pushing him out of the way in Chicago. That could be very detrimental to him and to the team. Um, I, 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 I think the Magic need to get a veteran big. Um, 
rather than a young big. And so I just I don't think now is the right time to invest in a player like this. But as I've said on several occasions, if Sengun is your guy, if you're convinced Sengun is the next Joel Embiid or whatever you want to call it, he, I don't think he is, um, take him. Like seriously, just whoever your guy is, whoever you're convinced is the next star, take him. I don't think Sengun is that by any means. I think Sengun could be a very quality big man in the NBA. I think that he will have some really strong, strong moments, but I'm not sure that he is going to be a starter long-term. I'm not sure that he's going to be, um, you know, I, I'm sure he's going to play. I'm sure he's going to find a fit in the league. He's too athletic. He's too too nimble, too mobile. But the question is, where is that fit and how do you get the most out of him? And I'm not sure the Magic are the right place for him. But Sengun has all the skills that you want in a big and, and is really a player that fits this kind of redefinition of the center position that we're seeing throughout the NBA. And thus, you have to consider him. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Don't forget, starting July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked on and Odyssey. Featuring analysis from the GOAT of NBA Mock Drafts, Chad Ford, and Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini and former general manager Ryan McDonough. Our Locked on, our Locked on NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. We actually started it today. Um, we started we started conducting the mock draft. It has been wild and exciting. I'll share uh, when we get to my turn and, and, and when we get to it, I will share my thought process through the dra- through the mock draft, what I tried to do, what I wasn't able to do, uh, and what offers were kind of thrown my way uh, as we get through this mock draft. So search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcast, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at underscore md Follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search your tune in Himmel, Google, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the phone places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow me at omagicdaily on Twitter for the latest on the Orlando Magic as we are anticipating Jamal Mosley will be named the new coach of the Orlando Magic very, very soon. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross and Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.